podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Cinnamon rolls and chili on a crisp November day. In the heart of football season, Thanksgiving's on its way. Mashed potatoes, turkeys, green beans not from cans. The Bosco boys are thankful for our diehard bonehead fans. Boom, the boys are back. The spooky theme is retired until next October. It's time now to get grateful. It's time to get thankful. And it's the run-up to Thanksgiving and Christmas everywhere around this great country and right here on Bosco's Boys. Before we get going, I am thankful for the delicious, refreshing, and just straight up best beer in the world, and that is the beer that resides at Manhattan Brewing Company. It's still pumpkin beer season, folks. If you can, get your hands on pumpkin beer from Manhattan Brewing Company. If you can't, it's also stout season right down there in downtown Manhattan on points. So get in there, get your beer, and check them out the next time you're in manhattan if you're listening to this on release day k-state basketball a new era the jerome tang tang era begins tonight on espn plus 7 p.m we'll be going live on spotify green room at the conclusion of that game versus washburn Uh, but if you're going to be in town check them out get a couple pints before the game take a couple four packs home with you and the next time you're in your local liquor store if they do not have manhattan brewing company talk to whoever is in charge of the craft beer and tell them you want it all right it is time for the tuesday q a show um now that basketball season's gone it's gonna be weird um so, as I mentioned, the, the schedule is going to be a little bit more uh, all over the place uh, rest of the year with football and basketball both going on. Um, the game preview, the Texas preview, is going to drop on Thursday. There will be no live show on Wednesday. We're going to be doing the live show at the conclusion of the K-State Washburn game. Tuesday night, so it's you know tonight if you're listening to it on release night, and uh, that will publish on Wednesday. So things are going to get a little bit weird here with the basketball and football crossover. Uh, so yeah, it, it's going to be wild. It's going to be a fun time. Um, you know, it, it, it's a it's a great time to be alive. This is the November is the best sports month every single year nfl is in you know the back half of the season you're getting the run-up to the conference championship in college football you're getting the tip-off of college basketball most years you're getting the end of the world series if you're a baseball fan um nba's going nhl's going everything everything that is good in sports is going this year you're getting the world cup I mean, this is November 2022 is the greatest sports month in the history 
of televised sports. It's absolutely wild. Absolutely wild. And I can't wait to answer all your questions. Before we do, we got more questions on this one topic than anything we ever have for a Q&A show. So if you asked a question along these lines, I'm sorry. Um, for and, and maybe I'll try to mention the names as I'm going through the questions. I probably won't. So I'm sorry, um, but I, I'm just going to answer it up front. And it is the conversation of, is there a quarterback controversy in Manhattan, Kansas? Uh, and then... There, there's some specific ones. If Adrian's healthy, who goes versus Texas? All this type of stuff. All sorts of questions surrounding the quarterback position at K-State for the balance of the 2022 season. Um, let me start by saying this. As we saw versus TCU in the first half, uh, basically both first halves, um, Will Howard, first half versus TCU, First half versus Oklahoma State. The kid can sling it. The kid can ball out. I have all the confidence in the world in Will Howard if he is playing. So let's just get that out there. And and seeing what Will Howard went through, um, what some of the fans, journalists, media were saying about him um, the last two seasons... And then, like, even in the buildup to this game versus Oklahoma State, the kid overcame a lot. I'm so proud of him. I'm so happy for Will Howard. Now the question, how does Chris Kleiman, how does Colin Klein handle the quarterback position moving forward? And it's a, it is a more than fair question. I'm not saying people shouldn't be asking this question. That is not what I'm saying at all. But when I see those questions, when I read those questions, this is how I fall down. Now, this is my opinion. And I'm also going to say this. I I think this is also how it's going to play out. I think if Adrian Martinez is not close to 100%, we have seen a lot of good from Will Howard. And I think they will continue to play Will Howard until Adrian gets close to 100%. Now the question becomes, what happens when you get there? They tried to get Adrian ready to go versus Oklahoma State. They have talked all season long about wanting to preserve Will Howard's redshirt. I think, and this is what I would do, and this is what I think they're going to do. I think once Adrian Martinez is back close to 100%, he will resume the position as starting quarterback. This is why I think this is why I think it is a good thing. Will Howard passed the ball great. He had a passing performance 
of the likes we haven't seen in a really long time. But Adrian Martinez is a more than capable passer. You know, he passed for a ton of yards during his time at Nebraska. At K-State, he threw for 234 yards versus Oklahoma. In that game versus Iowa State, he threw for 246 yards. He's able to sling the ball around. But he gives you that home run hitting ability running the ball as well. 171 yards rushing versus Texas Tech. 148 yards to go along with that 250 versus Oklahoma. Adrian Martinez gives you a dynamic that Will Howard just does not. Will Howard is one-dimensional. And hey, all sorts of great quarterbacks are one-dimensional when it comes to passing the ball. This is not this is not a shot at Will Howard at all. But Adrian Martinez is a home run hitter. He is a dynamic athlete. And if he can run the ball, if he is at 85% of his ability running the ball, you have to put him out there. Because again, Will Howard's passing performance versus TCU versus Oklahoma State, great. But again, it's not like it is insane. It's not like we haven't seen very good passing performances from Adrian Martinez during his time at K-State. Again, the yardage and completion percentage he put up versus Oklahoma, along with his rushing ability, and what he was able to do passing the ball versus Iowa State, right in the neighborhood of Adrian Martinez's performance versus Oklahoma State and TC. Granted, better. Will Howard's passing performance in those two games are better. But when you add in the added dynamic of having to account for Adrian Martinez in the rushing game. When you have to account for Adrian Martinez in the read option, quarterback power, or just, hey, things are breaking down, him taking off and running for 50 yards. That is what takes Adrian Martinez over the top when you are comparing those two and if you are really having to have a conversation about is there a quarterback controversy, is there a quarterback competition. The next level dynamic ability of Adrian Martinez as a runner puts him at a level where, keep in mind, before he got hurt, he was in the top five, top seven in the Heisman odds, in the betting markets. You know, he was back-to-back winner of Big 12 awards. Offensive player of the week, newcomer of the week. Adrian Martinez was a truly, I've said it a few times during this, a dynamic player and can do it both running and passing. He's the all-time yardage leader at Nebraska. This is a guy who, if he can be healthy, if he can be dynamic, if he can do what we all hope, And what we've seen him do with his legs, he has to. 
He has to be the starter. He has to be the starter. I understand. Um, and I think there's even a question about this. I would imagine that the very first time Adrian Martinez is back out, out there and he ha- has a three and out, people are going to be pissed. They're going to be grumbling for Will Howard, which is funny because after the Tulane game, people were grumbling for Jake Rubley. <laughs> you know? Life's funny like that. But I I just do not see... If, if you're telling me Adrian Martinez is close to 100%, I just don't... I just don't see how you can go with Will Howard. And, and again, he, he's played great. And, and this is encouraging because, again... Uh, you you hate to talk like this. You, you hate to um, treat you know quarterbacks like commodities and that type of stuff. Like I don't like what I'm about to say, but now that you've seen what Will Howard can do and Will Howard can win you a game like this, you don't have to have a fear of running Adrian Martinez. You don't have to hold back Adrian Martinez. Uh, in big moments, running the ball, thinking, "Well, shit! If he gets hurt, there goes your, you know, hopes to make it to Arlington, or hopes to win the Big Twelve title, hopes to win ten games, or go to a big bowl game, or win a big bowl game." You don't have to call plays an o- as an offensive play caller, worrying about that because we've seen what Will Howard can do. Now, I don't, I don't like phrasing it like that because that kind of, again, I, I don't like saying stuff that's like, "Oh." He, you know, Adrian Martinez is just a commodity. He's just a chess piece because that's that that's not good to say. These are these are human beings, and these are guys who are putting their body on the line. That they're going to have lifelong repercussions of the hits they take. I get I get all that, but when you're looking at it as a purely football standpoint, Adrian Martinez gives you just a, a, another dimension on offense that Will Howard doesn't, but, and, well, and, and not but, comma, and you now don't have to think twice about using that ability because you do have that confidence and that backstop in Will Howard. So that is... You know, that, that, that is uh, kind of my thoughts on it. Again, we had, I think, 15 questions about Will Howard versus Adrian Martinez and all that type of stuff. Um, that's that's where I stand on it. Um, a lot of you might disagree. If you disagree, feel free to tweet at me, Scott Wildcat, at Bosco's Boys. Uh, we can have that conversation on Twitter. Let's get into more of the questions. Powercat Ryan, are you more relieved that you beat Oklahoma State and keep Arlington on the horizon more upset about the TCU game and how it unfolded. No, I'm way more and relieved isn't even the right word. I'm pumped. I am I am way more pumped about beating Oklahoma State than still having lingering feelings about the TCU game. And I'll tell you this, as I'm recording this, it's time to start moving on and thinking about Texas because now that is the massive game. But I'll I'll, I'll tell you this, I there's like I'm frustrated and looking back on that TCU game Especially depending on how rest of this season plays out, that might be a frustrating game that uh, that that sticks around. 
Like, I, I'm not saying that it, that it won't. Hell, depending on how the season plays out, that that Tulane game <laughs> might 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 be frustrating to look back on. But no, I'm way more pumped about this win over Oklahoma State than having any sort of lingering feelings with TCU. We got uh, Derek Calvin uh, music, DC and all night. How much better does Colin Clay's, Klein's playbook fit Will Howard uh, his uh, with his plays, uh, or, or how does it play to his strengths versus the Messingham playbook? The playbook isn't all that different, folks. You know, I I think I caught a lot of flack uh, for saying that in the off season. I've said it a couple times. The playbook. And the concepts are not all that different. I think the one thing that might help, um, the Messingham, when it came to the route tree, a lot of it was a lot of uh, freedom for the wide receivers. And the wide receivers in the quarterback had to be on the same page because they're, like every given play was a read for the wide receivers in what route they were going to run. I think it's a little bit more rigid. I, I think there's a little bit less of that uncertainty, uh, which allows a quarterback who might not be 100% on the same page, you know, same wavelength. If if a quarterback uh, with Messingham wasn't able to be able to, you know, complete the wide receiver sentence, um, if they weren't that much on the same page, then you were going to have issues. So I think, I think more... Uh, changing the concepts for the wide receivers is more help than the playbook because it's the same concepts. There's nothing any, there's nothing that Colin Klein is doing play calling wise that is dramatically different from Courtney Messingham. So big Papa Stumma asks, will KSU be the first two loss team in the playoff? I think this is a joke. Um, I'm pretty sure this is a joke. I think he's trying to be funny. Um, but there's zero chance. There's zero chance about K-State making it to the playoff. Uh, and this is what I'm going to say. I don't give a shit about the playoff. What If we would have beat TCU or if we would have beat Tulane, if we were sitting here with one loss and we were about to have the college football playoff ranking show for the first time, would I be excited? And like, would I be like thinking, all right, like, can we like make it to the playoff? Yeah, 100%. I'm not saying... I'm not saying I wouldn't, but this is what I'm going to say, especially uh, since there's no chance we're going to make it to the playoff. Don't give any attention. Don't let any headspace, don't let any emotions be taken up about what ifs when it comes to the playoff and all that shit. Because we still have everything we want to play for on the line. We can still make it to Arlington. We can still win the Big 12 title. We can still have a 10-win season. We can still go to a great bowl game. We can still have an all-time type season at K-State. And how that relates to the playoff should not matter. Too much headspace, especially now, starting now, in the month of November. Too much of the national talking heads. Too much of the oxygen in the college football world. Too much of the zeitgeist is going to be about the playoff. You're now going to hear even less talk about K-State by national pundits than you usually do. You know, 
the the Kansas City sports talk, despite us being in the running for Arlington, isn't going to be talking about us as much as we think they should. Because guess what? The Chiefs are still playing. They're obsessed with Eli Drinkwitz on 810 for whatever fucking reason. I have no idea. But Seren Petro is in love with Eli Drinkwitz. There's Mizzou guys midday and in the morning. There's Mizzou guys all across the 610 lineup as well. KU basketball, which is the you know breadwinner, the, the money horse, all winter long is starting up. So you're going to hear less and less every single week about K-State, despite continuing to win, despite being a very good college football team, nationally and regionally, and it is now more important than ever to make sure you're listening to all the K-State talk out there, consuming the K-State content, because it's only going to be coming from those of us who talk and read and write about K-State and K-State only. You're gonna, you're not going to hear much about K-State on the solid verbal, on you know cover three, cover two, any of these college football podcasts, because now it's all going to be about who's going to make the playoff and all that type of stuff. And that sucks. And that's part of why it's been frustrating to be a college football fan in the college football playoff world. You know, that that ha- that is is frustrating. But don't play into it. I again, I I, I think I think it was a a, a tongue in cheek type tweet about, "Oh, are we going to be the first two lost team in the playoff?" But may I mean, if if you want to ride this these final four games in Big 12 play and hopefully a massive game on that first Saturday in December and hopefully a pretty fun bowl game. Be listening to this podcast. Be listening to Aggieville Alley Cats. Be listening to Cocaine Willie. Be listening to Mitch Fortner on the game. Be listening to Three Ma. Be listening to the Power Cat podcast. Be listening to uh, the Locker Room Show. Be listening to some of the stuff that's happening at Wildcat 91.9, the sports socket at the you know student radio station. There's plenty of K-State content out there to consume, so don't fall into the trap of only worrying about the playoff. Don't. Don't do it. There's a lot of K-State podcast. Emaw Online's podcast. Three Ma, I think I said three Ma. K-State Online. All the subscription sites. Kellis Robinette will be writing about it. Just don't fall into the trap about letting the college football tastemakers tell you that the only thing that matters is the college football playoff. Before we get going, remember we're also sponsored by Charlie Hustle. If you want the most stylish gear to rock at Bill Snyder Family Stadium or the Octagon of Doom, or if you're going on the road, or if you're going to Aggieville, or getting drinks in the Crossroads, or right here in Shawnee, Kansas, the most stylish, officially licensed K-State gear is at one place. The most comfortable K-State gear is at one place. That is charliehustle.com or their store on the Country Club Plaza here in Kansas City or in select retailers in Manhattan. Check them out today. charliehustle.com Ema Elvis asks, who is a better quarterback? Five-star mullet Quinn Ewers or Will Howard? I'll tell you this. I will tell you this. 
Will Howard has looked better in the last two games than Quinn Ewers ever has. I'm just going to leave it at that. I am just going to leave it at that. Uh, Robbie Schultz asks, do you think Cats can beat Texas by more than two scores? Um, I think it's going to be a close game. It opened up as a pick I think there's going to be a lot of line movement this week. I would not be surprised if Texas is the betting favorite come Saturday. Come kickoff, I think that they will probably be the favorite. Um, but it sure wouldn't shock me if we won by two scores. It wouldn't shock me if uh, we won by two scores. I wouldn't bet it. <laughs> I would not put my own money on it. Um, but we definitely can. We definitely can. Uh, Avcap316. Does Will's performance in the last two weeks make him the surf? Uh, Adrian Martinez is healthy. Already talked about that. Um, all right. Uh, Evan D. Shanahanahanahanahanahanahanahanahanahanahanahanahanahanahanahanahanahanahanahanahanahanahanahanahanahanahanahanahanahanahanahanahanahanahanahanahanahanahanahanahanahanahanahanahanahanahanahanahanah
we have to play Will Howard to win. You should not redshirt him. You, and I will say this again, and I stand by this, and I understand it might not be fair to Will. I mean, because in theory, we've wanted to redshirt him every year. But if the staff, if the staff is really trying to sit here and say, okay, we need Will Howard to win, and we need to figure out what two games to play him in, no, you can't redshirt him. You cannot redshirt him. If that question is going into the coaching staff's head, I I will lose a lot of a lot of respect. I will lose all the respect I have for Chris Kleiman if he thinks we need we need we have to play Will Howard to win games, but we're still going to try to redshirt him. And I'm going to tell you this: that is not what he is thinking. That is not what he is thinking. If Chris Kleiman truly thought Will Howard is the quarterback who would give us the best chance to get to Arlington and give us the best chance to try to win a Big 12 title, best chance to try to get to 10 wins. Now, I don't think that. That that is you guys heard the beginning of this show. That is not my opinion, but if that was Chris Kleiman's opinion, he would not be redshirting Will Howard. And I don't think Will Howard would want that. I don't think Will Howard would want that either. So I, I, I like the question. I didn't answer it the way I think you thought or the way you asked it, but if that is going through their mind, you cannot redshirt Will Howard. Next question. we uh, Final one from Evan. Is the fan base going to be able to give Adrian Martinez some slack if he comes out next week and has a bad first series? No. From, from now until the end of Adrian Martinez's career at K-State, anytime he makes a bad decision, a bad pass, or we don't score, there's going to be someone somewhere who is texting, tweeting, posting, saying we should we should play Will Howard. Will Howard should be out there right now. From from now, from from the Texas game, if he's playing on the Texas game, again, I'm not I'm not convinced he's playing uh versus Texas. I I I don't know. If you made me guess, if you put a gun to my head and said, hey, you have to make a prediction, your life depends on it, I would say yes, I think he will play and probably start first Texas. That would be my guess. So for the next four games plus the postseason, anytime he isn't perfect on a play, someone somewhere will be saying, why isn't Will Howard in there? From now until... Adrian Martinez is done playing college football. And that just comes with the territory. This isn't anything new to Adrian Martinez. And uh, you know what? I, I think it, I think if you asked him, he, he would say, hey, if, if that's if that's the if that's what I have to deal with, because Will Howard uh, had that sort of game versus Oklahoma State and played that well versus TCU, I'll take it. I bet that is the way Adrian Martinez is. Because ever since he showed up at K-State, he has talked about wanting to do whatever it takes for this team to win. So if he has to take it on the chin from random people on the internet or people talking in their group chat or people grumbling in the stadium or posting on message boards, I think he would be fine with it because that means that, hey, Will Howard played great in these two games and we're still alive for everything we wanted to accomplish this season. But to your point, no. K-State fans will not. K-State fans will be fans. 
Fans is short for fanatic for a reason. Again, my favorite phrase I posted, I tweeted, I've said it on this podcast more times than I can count. Fan is short for fanatic for a reason. Um, but no, they, they will not. They will give no grace to Adrian Martinez once he is back playing in the fir- the very first bad play he makes. Very first incompletion. Someone somewhere will be saying it should be Will Howard out there. Chef Andre Napier asks, how many games will K-State be the betting line favorites in the next four games? Um, all right, this, this one might shock you. This one might shock everyone. I'm saying two. Ready for this? I'm saying two. K-State opened up as a pick We'll have to see where things land. We'll, we'll have to see where things land. Um... When things kick off for Texas, but I think we will be the, I think it'll be a pick em or we will be a betting underdog versus Texas and on the road at Baylor. I think we are the betting favorite uh, versus West Vir- or at West Virginia and versus KU. I think we are the underdog in the next two games. The advanced analytics would have that, uh, by the way. Uh, I, I think, I think most of the advanced analytics have. Texas anywhere between a three to eight point uh, favorite versus K State in Manhattan. Um, you know, I, I I think you know, looking at Parker, looking at SMB Plus, looking at Kelly Ford, looking at uh, I think I said S and P uh, uh, Plus already. Uh, SB Plus, not S and P. That's the, that's the stock index. SB Plus. I think you're going to have Texas. Uh, be the favorite. You have uh, ESPN Football Power Index. Texas be the favorite. Only Vegas is disagreeing. So we'll see. Uh, and and then I think it'll be the same for Baylor. Um, Baylor looked very good versus Texas Tech. That one's on the road. Um, I think some of the computers like uh, Baylor there. So if you made me guess, I think we'd probably be like a two point underdog uh, going to Baylor. Um, should be, my guess is around a touchdown favorite versus West Virginia. My guess, nine and a half to ten point favorites versus KU at home on senior night. K-State dude underscore. Where does K-State's defense land on the rankings across the nation when healthy? Top ten. Kelly Ford uh, and s and SB Plus, I think both have K-State as a top ten defense. Uh, so I have K-State as a top 10 defense in the nation. No hesitation. Top 10. What was your favorite part of the game on Saturday? Catsman 15. Um, I mean, I think it was just getting up big and just being so dominant and it being such a low-stress game. For the first half of that game, when that game got rocking, that was the best atmosphere since the Auburn game, I think. I think it was in the first half, um, that first and that first quarter, the best since the Auburn game. Um, here's the thing. We were up by so much in the second half. I mean, I think about 15% of the stadium left and didn't come back. Um, the the students packed it out, 100% packed it out. Um, but, you know, the entire second half, the overflow section was completely empty. And then the tops of... Uh, the student sections were empty um, by the end of the game. 
Um, and this is not me taking a shot or anything like that. But but that's what prevented it prevented that game from being a beginning to end uh, top atmosphere we've seen. You know, um, it was. I mean, it was that that first half. It was just as loud as the homecoming game versus Oklahoma, where we beat them in in Chris Kleiman's first year. But because I mean, because we were kicking their ass so much, uh, not as many people came in came back in in the second half. Um, you know, it and this is this is not going to be a podcast where I preach about the fans. I mean, you're up thirty five to nothing at halftime. I, I I don't understand why you wouldn't want to watch that, but you know what? If folks wanted it, the the game was not in question. You didn't the the defense did not need to feed off the crowd in the second half, but the the rabid fever pitch, the bloodthirst in that first half definitely had an impact on the game in that first half. Um, and, and we're going to need that versus Texas. Um, you're looking at the extended forecast. It's going to be cold and rainy uh, for a night game. Um, if that is indeed, if that is indeed uh, what's going to happen, you know, I, I, I'm not going to, I'm not going to tell folks, Hey, go and, sit in cold and rainy weather for five hours, like, I'm going to be there. I'm not going to tell you you're a bad fan if you're not. But if you have tickets and you don't want to go, find someone who does. Uh, to all the students who listen, I know this. I know there aren't a ton, but, there, but there's a handful of students. Do whatever you can to try to rally your fellow students to be there, even if it's raining, you know? Someone needs to get creative, whether it's the athletic department, whether it's student government, whether it's just, you know, a bunch of buddies, whether it's, you know, the Greek life. They need to do something creative if it does turn out to be 41 degrees and raining Saturday night to find a way to shuttle students and drop them off right at the gate if they need to. Because this is, again, it's back-to-back weeks being the biggest home games since 2014. Last week, this past week, this homecoming week versus Oklahoma State was the biggest home game we've had since the 2014 season where we were a game away from winning the Big 12, getting a share of the Big 12. And this upcoming game versus Texas, which might be the last game we ever host versus the Texas Longhorns, is now even more important. You are that much closer to getting a berth to Arlington. You're this much closer into being in the top 10 in the nation. You're sitting at 13 right now in the AP poll. And a game where these pampered boys from Texas are going to have to come up to Kansas in November when it's 40 degrees and raining, if you then have this rabid, bloodthirsty student section right behind them and if you have 50,000 folks screaming those Texas guys don't want to be there it'll it, it will look a lot like this Oklahoma game where if you get up big on them they're going to fold and that's going to be absolutely massive absolutely massive 
So again, to answer that question, my favorite part was just kicking their ass. Having no stress. Being able to enjoy a win over a top 10 team with next to no stress. And that atmosphere in the first half was just top notch. Chef Andre Napier, we love field storming here. Scale 1 to 10, how would you rate this weekend's field storming? It's a 4. 4 or 5. Um... I understand why it wasn't at it wasn't going to get like a passing grade type thing. So first off, I already mentioned it. Um, there were not enough students to make it like a massive field storming. There weren't enough of them there. The second reason, and I understand, especially in the last few weeks where you've seen some really nasty behavior on field stormings, both by uh, fans and by players. Uh, K State had it set up where they had security and they had barricades that made it so when the students came up and over onto the field, they could not run through the Oklahoma State bench. They had to go around and kind of enter on the opposite 20 and then have like a 30 yard run to get to the 50 yard line and kind of congregate and party with the team. You know, so this is you know this isn't like a oh man they they suck at field storming they shouldn't have stormed the field no no anytime a team wins a football game I'm not going to get mad at students for rushing the field you know Clemson one of if not the greatest programs in the last ten years it's like their tradition anytime they win their students go onto the field you know they they celebrate with the team I have. No issues with that. If we beat Texas and the students want to go onto the field, go for it. The, but the days of like, you know, the, the 1998 field rushing versus Nebraska, or you know, the, those are done. You're never going to see this massive humanity onto the field, filling up every square inch, uh, you know, within, you know, two minutes, three minutes of the game ending. That's never going to happen. And honestly, it's probably safer that way. It's probably safer that way. I think the last time... Uh, we beat KU, I, I think, uh, when we won the Big 12 tournament, the Cartier-Jada dunk game. I think it was similar. The students waited until the clock went zero. Uh, you know, there there was a good barricade to try to make sure KU had easy access into uh, the tunnel. And, and it was like this for Oklahoma State. They had easy access into their tunnel after the game. Uh, it is safe, and it is the way it should be. But because of that, we're, we're never going to see a 10 out of 10 field storming ever again, which is completely fine. But I, I loved seeing all the videos from the students. I loved seeing the pictures from the students. They were the students that were there. It doesn't matter if you were a student who was there only for the first half or if you were the last student off the field uh, on Saturday. The students brought it. The students brought it. No complaints. The, the, I, I know some of it probably people are going to listen to this and be like, oh, he was... He was mad at the students for leaving and, oh, they didn't storm the field. No, that that is not my opinion at all. I totally understand why anyone didn't come back in for the second half. That, that I, I would never do it. I loved seeing a no-stress top 35 win. But, hey, the game wasn't in question. You do your own thing. And, again, the, the, the security has made it so there will never be a 10 out of 10 field storming ever again. Chef Andre Napier, if we had TCU next week, neutral site, would you bet the farm on the Cats? No, 
because you need to bet responsibility, but I would bet on K-State to win. If we are playing TCU in an empty stadium or a 50-50 stadium or a neutral stadium next week, I would I would I would bet on us to win. Chef Andre Napier, what team in the Big 12 has the best chance to win out the remaining schedule? That's a great question. I think if you look at advanced analytics, I think I think it would be TCU or to actually I bet the advanced analytics would say it's Texas. I think the advanced analytics would say it was Texas. Texas has K-State. So this is just ESPN. Um, And I think the football power index is not a good... It's not not one of the top five predictive analysis in college football. But uh, the football power index has Texas with a 62% chance of beating K-State. A 72% chance of beating Texas. A... 80% 80% chance of beating KU and a 73% chance of beating Baylor. So Texas has, according to ESPN, the best shot at winning out. Which would, and if they went out, it is it is TCU versus Texas in the Big 12 championship game. So that is... Uh, that's the answer. And, I mean, hell, uh, if we beat Texas, why, why not us? Now, Advanced Analytics have Baylor as a 60% chance to beat us. They have West Virginia. We have a 65% chance to beat Baylor and an 80% chance to beat KU. So, uh, the stats would have Texas and TCU and then maybe Baylor being number three winning out hell Oklahoma might yeah I don't know uh but that that's kind of about what I would say if we beat Texas it, it folks it's on it's fucking on um but so, I mean it's just a it's a massive one it, it, it is it is absolutely massive I'm already nervous I'm already nervous for Saturday I've asked this question for the OU game so I'll ask it again this is the good chef is this the pinnacle of K-State football in 2022 Pinnacle, no, because we can still make a massive bowl game and make it to Arlington. Was this the best game we played this? I I bet this is the best game. If we look back on the season and ask, what was K-State's best game? What was K-State's best performance? I think we'll say this Oklahoma State game. We've got a few more uh, before we call it a night. Callie Mike asks, it appears we made it out of yesterday's game with few obvious injuries, if any. Can our backups carry us to a ship while the first string heals up. Well, first off, I mean, Will Howard and uh, Nick Allen were the only two backups that were playing due to injury. Maybe Nate Matlack, because uh, again, I, I didn't see a lot of Jalen Pickle. I need to ask around and figure out what was going on with Jalen Pickle. Uh, but there's only three of them. I mean, I guess you already lost Poitier and you have uh, Panzer out there, but... Um, I mean, you didn't really have that many backups, and the, the the guys got out there and they gritted it out and they played. So, I mean, i I don't really, I don't really agree with that question. So, and, and also, you you will not be, 
I mean, you won't be like just sitting your first string guys, having them heal up, you know, going into a Big 12 championship game, you know? So, I, I mean, I think we're in, I think we're in good health coming out of that game. I don't think we have to worry about it. Of the two road games remaining, which one worries you most at Baylor? Baylor is infinitely better than West Virginia. Uh, the West Virginia game will be tricky. It will be tricky. But as I pointed out, the advanced analytics, uh, the predictive stuff coming out of ESPN, again, they're not the best, but all the predictive stuff would have Baylor being the favorite for us to win that game, and we would be a pretty sizable favorite going to West Virginia. So it's not even close. Not even close. It's Baylor. Callie Mike, is Zentner now the number one place kicker? Um, so I, I forgot to mention this in the game review. He was perfect on his two field goals. They were close field goals and perfect on his extra points. Um, but he is. He is the number one place kicker. Um, you you would not have put him out there the entire game if he wasn't. Uh, you, you will not be able to go back to Chris Tennant unless there is a very specific situation or reason you will not be able to go back to Chris Tennant. Um, because I, I would imagine getting pulled like that, um, for a guy who's had confidence issues, you, you will not be able to go back to him. So it's, it is Chris Tennant or bust. Um, you, you see his, uh, you see his range and how he's able to kick on kickoffs. I would imagine he has pretty good range. I would imagine before the end of the season, we will have an idea. But he is place kicker number one. Handful of questions left. Bob Trollsby, how does this win make you feel for Will Howard and his journey up until this point? Feel absolutely amazing for Will. I, I, I touched on it in the game review pod and a little bit at the beginning of this. Will Howard, I mean, I, I've said it on this show multiple times that I had no confidence in him being a Power 5 quarterback. Um... And he straight up kicked the ass of the number nine team in the nation. He straight up had one of the best halves in the history of K-State football for a quarterback throwing the ball. Um, You feel great for the kid. You hear him talk about how the reason why he stayed, because other quarterbacks don't. I don't think there's probably, I think there's probably less than 2% of the quarterbacks in the country would have gone through what Will Howard did, playing in two seasons and seeing, you know, after your freshman year having to play an injury, seeing your staff beg the quarterback to come back for his, like, seventh season in the program like they did with Skylar Thompson. You know, go out and get a transfer quarterback and hand him the job like they did with Adrian Martinez. I don't think you see, you know, go out and get the hometown hero four-star prospect that everyone's already like counting down the days for him to show up on campus. All this type of stuff. And Will Howard stuck around. And he said the reason why he did it is because of his love for the university and love for the players in the locker room. This is he he is the type of guy that old school college football fans say they miss. Oh, the portal's ruining college football. If they have adversity, they just up and leave. You know, it's not about the name on the front of the jersey. It's on the name of the back of the jersey with all these kids these days. Blah, 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 blah. But Will Howard's not like that. He he he, he straight up and said he stayed because of his love for the university and the love for his teammates. So you feel great for the guy. Absolutely great for him. 
Powercat Ryan, if you were to power rank the quarterbacks in the Big 12, do Adrian Martinez and Will Howard show up in the top five? They might. I mean, you have to say Max Duggan's number one, but how can you put Adrian or how can you put Spencer Sanders in front of either one of them? I don't think you can. I don't think you can put Spencer Sanders in front of Will Howard or Adrian Martinez. You can't put Daniels at West Virginia in front of either of them. I don't think you can put Quinn Ewers in front of him. I mean, he's been banged up. He had that great game versus Oklahoma, and he was very good versus Alabama, but I, I don't think you can put... Maybe. Maybe you could make an argument. Hunter Decker's no. Shaping at Baylor, probably not. Any of the three guys who have started for Texas Tech? No. Daniels at KU? Maybe. Maybe. I don't know. But I think if you're truly power ranking the quarterbacks in the Big 12, I think both Will Howard and Adrian Martinez would be in there. I do. Great question. Got two from Caleb. Was that the most fun game to watch since maybe LSU bowl game, but they didn't have uh, their actual team? I think that was the most fun game in the Chris Kleiman era. Pounding a good team, absolutely destroying a good team with no stress, that, that's a lot of fun. So, I mean, I think you got to go back. I mean, maybe that's the most fun I've had watching a game since beating Texas to clinch the Big 12 in 2012. I I truly think that. Now, I'll say this. Winning that game this past year, being there live in Oklahoma, that was a lot of fun. But when you, but, but when you look at quality of opponent and you look at all that type of stuff, I think this one's in front of it. I think this one's in front of it. Um, all right, couple questions and one from Caleb, and then we'll close up with Ema Elvis. Have you given your final record prediction for men's basketball, or will that wait until after the exhibition? No, I'll I'll, I'll give it now. I think I think K State basketball gets to 19 wins after the Big 12 tournament, gets into the NCAA tournament as like a 10 or 11 seed, and wins their first round game. And loses in the round of 32. That is my official prediction for K-State basketball. We will be dancing. Um, And he also asked, does the U.S. men's national team make it out of the group stage? If you look at the FIFA rankings, this is the single toughest group stage in the history of the World Cup. Since in the history of the World Cup, this is the toughest group based on the FIFA rankings. But I do think the U.S. makes it out of the group. I think they win a knockout stage and makes make it to the quarterfinals. That's my prediction for the U.S. Uh, men's national team in the World Cup kicking off here later in November. Emal Elvis, what top three things are we hoping to see in Tuesday's Tang Time debut in the exhibition with the bods of Washburn? I want to see I want to see how well they play defense is the number one thing. I, I want to see a I want to see a good defensive performance. 
I then want to see how the guards play with each other, how they play off of each other. And then I want to see Keontae Johnson. Now, <coughs> Tomlin is another one I'm really thinking about, but I really want to and really feel I need to see a big game from Keontae Johnson uh, because he is the most talented player on the team. He's the guy who has uh, the NBA pedigree. He's the type of guy that once we brought him in, that took my prediction from being on the NIT NCAA bubble to saying, hey, we're going to make the tournament. So if he can show out and have a big game in the exhibition, I'm going to be buzzing. So those are the three things I'm going to be looking for. And remember, we'll be going live immediately after the game versus Washburn to uh, talk about that. That will be taking place of the Wednesday live show this week. And then finally, from... Tyler uh, Manith. So Avery is sitting the bench next year, right? Uh, yeah, I, but here's the thing. I think the coaching staff always wanted to go with Will Howard next year, regardless of what we saw. And I think if you really look around, if you really look around college football, you do not see a lot of true freshmen starting quarterbacks. You don't. You do not see a lot of them. So I always thought it was going to be a long shot to see Avery Johnson starting in his true freshman year. And that's all we got, folks. That's all we got. Um, It's an absolutely massive week. Um, Again, we'll be going live immediately after the exhibition game versus Washburn. And that live show will be in your feed on Wednesday. You'll hear the game preview on Thursday, and you will hear the whip around show on Friday. And since it's a big game, since it's a big game on Friday, I might just use that as an excuse to get on a guest and talk about that game. We'll, we'll, we'll talk a little K State men's and women's basketball, K State volleyball, as the K State uh, soccer team's season ended in the first round of the Big 12 tournament versus Texas. Um, so, so we'll get a little bit of talk about that. But I might just take uh, this massive game on uh, Saturday and just have an excuse to do a whip around with folks talking about uh, that big game versus Texas. So stay tuned. It's going to be a fun week. Got to beat Texas. Absolutely massive one. So for Chauncey Bosco, the Wonder Pup, for all the boneheads who ask questions, we love you guys and go Cats. It's time to get set for the Cat Attack. Podcast Network.